Hey folks, this is Trains Live, the Trains.com podcast. In our first episode, we talked with the Nashville Steam Preservation Society about restoring Nashville, Chattanooga, and St. Louis number 576, also known as the Stripe. Do you like what you hear? Listen, check out this episode in video with a Trains.com unlimited membership. Click the link in the episode notes and watch it today. Oh, wait a minute, not a member? Try our 30-day free trial of Trains.com, the ultimate online portal for anyone who loves trains of any size from any era. Trains.com, it's your home for the most comprehensive routing news and curated video series, articles, photos, and so much more, all about trains. We are actually headed down to Nashville, Tennessee, and I want to get our guests in with us here and let's see if we can uh, can get this accomplished there we go I want to welcome to trains live you are looking in the shops of the Nashville steam preservation society and if I can get myself in the picture there we are as well we are going to check in on a project that Trains Magazine has been helping out with for quite a while here. This is the Stream the Stripe campaign. And with us today, um, we have Joey Bryan, who is Communications Director for the Nashville Steam Preservation Society. And we also have along Stephen Hook, who is their Volunteer Coordinator. Gentlemen, welcome. <laughs> Thank you. Thank you for having us. Glad to oh. be here. Uh, you know, exciting time with the first ever Trains Live uh, programming. So uh, thank you for having us. You're quite welcome. Tell you what, we want to we want to check in today. We want to find out where you guys are in the process and kind of look at what's going on right now. Um, and I think first thing, um, do this for me. Give me kind of the the nutshell of where the project is right now and kind of a little history about the locomotive. Sure. So we are more than 50% through with the restoration. Uh, we pretty much have torn the whole thing down, uh, right down to the bones, and we have finished up major work on the exterior of the boiler. And then all we're currently working inside the boiler, getting ready for the, uh, re the wheel reinstallation that we anticipate later this year. And then from there, we'll start to put the thing back together, start to do some tests. Um, as the appliances come in, we'll start to uh, reassemble them and get them ready to be uh, reinstalled on the locomotive and then testing and hopeful or not hopeful, definite eventual operation. Okay. Now, I, I got to go back for a second here, Joey. You're working inside the boiler? Well, I'm not, but <laughs> Stephen here definitely is. And it, it's, a, it's, it's a nice and cool 99 degrees here in Nashville. Yeah. Uh, so it's great there to be working uh, on metal and with metal. So we'll, we'll be drinking some water here, just kind of keep our, our uh, up. Just get yeah, ready for I, that. I was going to say, it's it's 90 and hot and humid here in Wisconsin. And, uh, yeah, we're, we're staying indoors. I can't imagine what it is like for you guys inside that boiler and I'm, I'm imagine there's there's welding riveting going on in there. So we're we don't have the just the ambient heat. We're throwing some more heat in with it as well, right? Yes, sir. Oh yeah, yeah. All the heat <laughs> we can get. <laughs> oh man, I I, I I admire you guys for taking that one on. So, so the the locomotive. Now it's a it's a J3 from the Nashville, Chattanooga, and St. Louis. Is this the right. last J3 that is in existence? 
Well, not only is it the last J3, it's the last mainline steam locomotive from the NC and St. L uh, in existence. There are a few others out there that have some ties uh, to the NC and St. L, like the General, the Texas. They were on the NC and St. L roster, but they were owned by the Western Atlantic Railroad. Um, but this, this is the last one purchased by the NC and St. L still in existence. Okay. And if, if I, and correct me if I'm wrong on this, but looking at the information you folks have on the website, and we got to visit your website a little later on, but just kind of reading up on this, when the, the Dixie Line created these locomotives, they actually modified them from existing machines. Am I right? Well, the J3s were completely built brand new, but it was a modified okay. design of the J2. The J2 was designed by the superintendent of mechanics, uh, C.M. Darden, for the NC and St. L. And uh, it was a really great design that the railroad really liked. And so they incorporated a lot of those modern appliances and the cast single frame for the engine into the J3. But then they built on the J2 with even more enhancements uh, to make the, one of the best locomotives the company ever saw. <laughs> and now, and, and I've seen different pictures, different uh, variations, if you will. The the 576. When you're done, how much of the uh, the decoration or the the pseudo streamlining is going to be on the locomotive? Well, that's a decision we still haven't really made yet. Right now, we're making sure it, it can go chew, uh, and then what it looks like as it does that, we'll we'll determine that later. Uh, of course, to recreate the full yellow jacket streamlining or the as built appearance, uh, of course, would be a little bit more costly. Just to get those because none of that survived. We'd have to fabricate all of that brand new. Uh, I'm not saying that we're not going to do that. We just haven't made that decision. But we uh, we know the yellow jacket appearance is a big uh, big hit among the rail fans out there. I, I was going to say, there's at least going to be a yellow stripe on it, right? Oh yeah, yeah. So uh, for those that, yeah for those that don't know, the uh, first ten J3s that were ordered, they were ordered prior to Pearl Harbor and uh, the, the the materials rationing. So they were. Uh, built and delivered in the full streamlined appearance with that broad yellow stripe, the cone nose, uh, the bullet nose, um, as well as and the, uh, the swing out Commonwealth uh, Cup front pilot. The second 10 were ordered in 1943, so they couldn't do the full uh, streamlining like the first batch of 10. So the first 10 were dubbed yellow jackets by the crews, and then the second 10 were dubbed stripes or just yellow stripes when they came in. Okay. So All we'll right. definitely have a yellow stripe of some sort. Yes. <laughs> it's going to be just what form it actually ends up being in. Cool. So right. if from here going forward, what are some of the, the biggest things besides actually, you know, putting it all together? Well, I guess what are some of the biggest smaller steps that need to be taken to, to get to that full operational restoration point? I can let Stephen take over on that one. We'll <laughs> Sure. Yeah. So we have we have three primary projects that are going on right now. Um, fortunately, our appliances are almost entirely wrapped up. So when I say we've got three projects left, we have boiler, we have frame, we have tent, um, our fuel fuel and water storage. Uh, so the boiler right now, um, we just completed installing our back head patch, uh, and that with that came twenty six new braces, um, and so we are pending. The welding which is going to take place next week um, to finish welding in and complete that portion of the boiler work and then we're going to be starting stay bolts uh, following that so we're on the boiler we have a few more inch and a quarter rivets that are going to be run at the beginning of the first course on the boiler 
we have stay bolts, we have a thermic siphon, tubes and flues. Um, and so that, that division of the, prog of the project is moving along as, you know, it, it's in simultaneous to the frame project. Um, but this, of course, with the engineering, with the sheer amount of time, you know, we're, we're talking about moving a lot of metal here. Uh, okay. And it's, it's a lot of tedious, monotonous work. That's, sure. you know, re the reason the railroads got rid of them. Uh, <laughs> yeah. <to be> honest, <laughs> yeah. That's the reason the railroads got rid of them. And so, uh, you know, we're having to go back through and do all this work. And it's, you know, this, this kind of work used to be done by armies. Uh, oh, yeah. So we've got the boiler that's going back together. Like I said, stay bolts, uh, thermic siphon, tubes and flues. Uh, rip, got a few more rivets to do. Um, and then we'll be coming up on a hydrostatic test following those processes. At the same time, we're working on the frame. Um, the frame, of course, we have to do everything that need that can be done with the drivers off. Uh, we're having to do that now before the drivers can return, of course. Um, so that means we're renewing the pedestal surfaces, the jaws. Um, we have to make sure that all of our shoes and wedges that control the movement, lateral and thrust on the driving boxes, um, we have to make sure that all those surfaces are built up and are going to provide us reliable, consistent service for the next 15 years Man. minimum. Mm -hmm. um, you know, ultimately our goal is to do it right the first time. No questions sure. asked about that. So that we ultimately don't have to revisit any of these things, uh, hopefully for a very, very long time. Um, yeah, me... So we're, we're going back, we're making repairs that were commonplace in the railroad. And then we're also making repairs that the railroad just never saw. From these locomotives that had a 10-year service life, there's some things like a complete rebuild that they uh, they never would have seen. They never so went through, sure. So we're taking care of all of those right now. Now, let me let me back up into a couple of things you said here. Um, talking about the stay bolts, and of course, for folks that might not know, those are actually the the bolts that are inside of the boiler that are going to hold the firebox in place. There you go. Um, while the, the boiler is operating, while it's under pressure. Now, do you have both fixed and um, expansive stay bolts on the locomotive here? Okay, so some of those have a fixed length. They, they go in, that's you know how long they're gonna be. There's others that will expand and contract based on the heat uh, generated by the boiler. Any idea how many stay bolts you're looking at, at working with here? Um, let's see. I'm going to have to think about that one for a minute. It's a lot. Uh, <laughs> it's a lot. <laughs> um, yeah, it's, it's really all you need to know. It's a lot. On the side sheets alone, um, those were the first section of the boiler we actually cut out. On the side sheets alone, we're talking something like 863 rigid stable. Holy uh, cow. Of course, after that, I would say ballpark, we took out another three to 400 out of the crown. Um, including flexibles, uh, sure. and then roughly another 100, 150, maybe 200 out of the sides where the flexibles were, both out of the yeah. back head uh, and out of the side sheets in the, the corners. So we're easily looking at over 2,000 stay bolts, and inside, that's that's a job. <laughs> that is a it, huge it is job tough. you guys are facing, yeah. So my other, really. yeah. Yeah. my other question was this is as you, you know, ultimately the locomotive has to be inspected and make sure that it's going to be safe to operate. 
And as you're, you're going along here, I mean, there are hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of man hours that are being put in. Is there, are there inspections along the way just to kind of double check your work? Or is this, a, you know, an inspection, one big inspection at the end, and we hope that we've got it all, all right? Uh, yes, sir. We, we personally inspect all of our work uh, as it's being done and after it is completed. Um, all of our welds, um, you know, weld, weld alterations to the boiler um, in non-state portions like the back head patch, those actually get radiographed. Uh, so we had a uh, company, World Testing LLC uh, in Mount Juliet came out and they actually did a radiograph test on the weld to ensure that there were no contaminants in the weld and to make sure that it was all one piece, that it had all been done correctly. On the stayed portions, a radiograph test is not required. However, we all we did UT ultrasound test the thickness to ensure that the weld went all the way through the plate and got full penetration to make sure there was no pockets of crud or uh, uh, any contaminants inside the weld. So pretty much every aspect of the process uh, of repairing the boiler um, from putting in stay bolts, putting in weld patches, rivets, all that, are going to get tested in some way, shape, or form and inspected in some way, shape, or form. Um, the stay bolts, will pro they will not see an actual test until hydro. Uh, and of course, the hydro tests the entire boiler. Sure. Uh, but we, are, we, we visually inspect every single piece. So when you talk about the 1,500 to 2,000 stay bolts we're going to put in, Every single one of those is going to be visually inspected on both sides, probably twice to three times. Okay, cool. So that's that is, that's a big step. Um, I know, like you said, there's other things going on along the way, and and I, one of those, um, as we were talking the other day, right behind you, is the new cab. And from what you said, that is that yeah, there we go. <laughs> that is new construction based on the the old plans. Yeah, that's a brand new cab. Um, so the locomotive sat outside in Nashville's Centennial Park for more than 60 years. And the two areas that really kind of got the brunt of the of the, the natural elements, the rain, the snow, ice, when we have it here in Nashville, um, it, it was mainly <laughs> the cab area, also kind of the, the coal bunker and where the, the uh, stoker screw was located. Um, so we were inspecting the cab and talking about what needed to be done to repair it and basically we came to the conclusion that if we were to repair the original cab it would basically be an all-new cab anyway with the lack of original fabric remaining in that cab so we decided to preserve the original because it's such a crucial um, component of the locomotive and that's where uh, so many people got their pictures sitting in the uh, engineer and yeah. fireman seat when it was in the park um, so we're going to preserve that, use it for future educational and uh, display purposes. Uh, so from the original cab, we got dimensions, uh, exact dimensions, so we could rebuild the cab as you saw it in Centennial Park. Um, and let me see if I can pull up a kind of a picture of that. Really quick. Here we go. Um, so FMW Solutions, who is our contractor, um, you all see that okay? Yep, absolutely. Okay. So yeah, FMW uh, Solutions, their contractor for, for the kind of the bigger components aspects of the restoration. So they did a CAD file of um, the new cab dimensions and everything. 
and they were essentially given uh, kit pieces and they put them together uh, at the shop down there, at their shop in uh, Saudi Daisy, Tennessee. Um, and if you notice, there's kind of a rectangular portion right there behind the, uh, the, the cab window. Okay. That is actually yep. a recreation of the extension that the railway put in back in the mid to late 40s. Uh, Cause the oh. first batch of J3s had shorter cabs but, and sure. that left no room for a jump seat or yep. head and brakeman or any other crew members. Yep. So they added that back in the 40s and we recreated that in the, in the new cab. Neat. So, all right. So that is, oh, Vince just dinged in. We have a listener question. What do we got, Vince? All right. Uh, once the uh, 576 is operational, will it be visiting other railroads? Ah, gentlemen, once you have 576 in operation, uh, one, where will you be operating and will you be visiting other railroads besides whatever your home territory is? So our main plan, operating plan right now, is to partner with both uh, R.J. Corman of the Nashville and Eastern Railroad as All well right. as the Tennessee Central Railway Museum to uh, do steam-powered excursions on the Nashville and Eastern. For those familiar with the Nashville area, that is the line that runs uh, from Nashville out east to points like Lebanon, Watertown, Cookville, uh, down the line. Um, so we'll be partnering with them to make those steam excursions come to life. Um, now, we are not at all hesitant about taking on the road to any other uh, short line or any other uh, museum scenic line that might be willing to uh, accommodate the locomotive. Uh, we're not doing all this just to sit and look at it. You know, that's what we did in the park. <laughs> um, so, you know, we're doing as much as we can to get it roadworthy, uh, both for the short, short line and the main line uh, down the road. So, so in other words, I could actually hold out hope that coming from Music City, I don't know, maybe it makes it here to Wisconsin for one of our big music festivals sometime. You know, I don't, wishful thinking on my part. Yeah. <laughs> you got to check the now to make it happen. <laughs> there we go. There we go. Uh, so into, into the process here, and now how, how long have you been working on the locomotive at this point? So we started this whole endeavor uh, back in 2016, and okay. that's when we started our initial talks with uh, Metro Parks that's the uh, group that actually owns the locomotive about a potential operation, a restoration to operation. Um, so uh, we received the lease from the Metro Council in August of 2016. And from there, we hit the ground running. So this coming August will be six years that we've been working on the locomotive, both in the park and here in the shop. We moved here to the shop back in March of 2019. So about three years here uh, in the current facility. And we've made substantial progress, as you can see, you know, in yes. the background. And if you follow our uh, our Facebook page and YouTube videos, uh, we we post up there regularly about our progress. Um, so yeah, we've been working just as fast as we can. Cool. What what is the what's the weirdest thing that that you have found? What's the strangest thing that has happened so far in the restoration? And and let me preface that by saying that uh, some of the projects I've been involved in in the past, I remember there was a. 1926 Pullman uh, 10-1-2 sleeping car that we were working on. And when we, we got up in the ceiling to look at the duct work, um, one of our shop guys came into my office one day and said, um, Bob, we, well, here's what we found. And jammed up in the duct work of this car was uh, probably an entire paper box worth of some very inappropriate magazines. Um, 
So what what kind of weird things have have you guys encountered? What's the strangest thing that's happened uh, uh, to you guys in the restoration here so far? Well, I think it kind of goes back to the early days of the restoration uh, when we were still in the park. We when we got the lease, that really meant we could do a lot more with the locomotive and open up the firebox, clean out various aspects um, you know, of the locomotive. And uh, the, for a long time, the locomotive cab was open, so anyone could go in there, sit in the, in the, in the crew seats, you know, yank on the throttle, uh, turn the, the knobs and everything. Um, but of course, with that, uh, they used the firebox as kind of a convenient trash can. Um, so when we were going through there, we found kind of a, really it was a nice study on the evolution of, uh, of soda can and beer bottle branding. Um, that we just really kept, you know, you know, this must have been you know from the seventies. Oh, this was from the nineties. I remember that can. Um, so just kind of that sort of, I guess, interesting discoveries along the way in the park. Um, and then since then, I've, I've kind of knock on wood here, but it's, it's been a relatively smooth restoration as far as steam locomotive restorations go without anything crazy uh, popping up thankfully again knock on wood uh but steven <laughs> have you come across anything crazy in in, in your workings <laughs> not particularly aside aside from rodents that may have gotten trapped in places they didn't need to be and, yeah and if you find them no telling how many tens of years beyond that other than that you know it's been relatively unsurprising um, yeah every time we take a apart a new larger component of the locomotive we find um the skeletal remains of, of a poor rodent who went in and never made it out so, <laughs> so, so in other words a, a a hotel for the woodchucks i've seen that happen before <laughs> yeah squirrels mainly at, at yeah. the park we found a whole bunch of squirrel nests cool cool i want to help you guys or any of our viewers that say hey i want to help what 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 can they do at this point, what uh, uh, you know, what do you guys need? Uh, can we come get our hands dirty? Um, if we want to supply, you know, if, is there something that needs to be funded yet? How do we attack something like that? Sure. So we always like to say that at this point of the restoration, uh, the locomotive runs on money, and then once we get it steaming again, it'll run on coal and money. Um, so we're about half a million away from completing the mechanical restoration of 576. Uh, we have uh, a very generous matching grant opportunity at the moment. Uh, it's for $100,000 total, and that's any donation, $250 or more, will be matched uh, dollar for dollar uh, through the remainder of the year or until the match is completed, uh, whichever comes first. Um, so of course, anyone who's willing or wanting to see this locomotive come back to life, we do ask you give whatever you can because um, it's, it's the finances that really keep us going at the moment. Um, of course, if you are in the Nashville area or can drive here you know, with relative ease, I know gas is coming down a little bit, but still pretty pricey. Um, we do have a volunteer program. It's, it's mostly a volunteer. We do have some contractors to do the kind of the bigger, more skilled component repairs. Um, but I mean, as any other nonprofit organization, we really run on you know the volunteer uh, hours and, and manpower. So if you're interested in learning more about steam mechanics or even just nonprofit um, administration, because I mean it, there's a lot going on other than mechanics behind the scenes to keep this thing going. So if you you know want to help but you don't really want to you know touch a weld torch or anything, then you know we got 
other options for you. So uh, sure. NashvilleSteam.org is where you can find go. out more about our volunteer program. Also, where you can make a donation towards the restoration. NashvilleSteam.org. NashvilleSteam.org. Um, and I'll tell you what, before we, before we go, I, I got to tell you guys this. Um, looking through your website, you know, listening to the progress, seeing what, what we have, have covered in Trains Magazine, um, you guys are the real deal. No, no two ways around it. Um, the you. credentials, the credentials of some of the people that you have got on your board and working. I mean, you know, Stephen here, a firefighter on the on the uh, on the side there, and also your safety officer. And I know Joey, your credentials and communications are just fantastic. And to see how you're taking all of that and applying it. Um, to what really is, it's not just a restoration. I really get the sense that, that you guys are doing something that is going to be part of the Nashville community. Um, and, you know, when you, you look at Nashville, okay, we know Music City, and we know Grand Ole Opry and all that, but then you look at uh, how some of the professional sports teams there lately have exploded, and, and, and Nashville is, is one of those destination cities now. And you guys are stepping in with this, Man, this this just is this is a spectacular project. It really is something to watch. So thank you very much. Yeah, I mean Nashville's a great a great town to live in. Um, so great that everyone's moving here apparently. Uh, <laughs> but uh, yeah, you know we, we just I'm already thinking of forward about how the locomotive can be a tool and asset not just for us or for the railroad community but just for different organizations across Nashville. And you know we're working partnering with the Metro Parks Foundation. And we're going to help them out with some rides in the future for some of their programming and some other stuff in the works that we can't talk about quite yet, but uh, <laughs> exciting things ahead for sure. That, that one thing you can't talk about, that's going to be like the, uh, the country music train, you know, some big stars take a trip and something like that. I, I want the ticket. <laughs> Could be. I want tickets for that one when it happens. So, hey, stick around. Um, we're going to wrap things up, and I want to talk to you guys a little bit afterwards here. Um, Joey Bryan, Steve Hook from the Nashville Steam Preservation Society, uh, working on locomotive number 576. Um, moving along beautifully, folks. Now, told you we're going to take things beyond here. And we've, we've talked about a pretty neat story here today. Um, but you know what? You need to do some more reading. You need to do some more research. Find out a little bit more about their project. Go to their website, NashvilleSteam.org. But also, you know, hit your library and do a little extra reading. And one of the things that we're going to do here on Trains Live, we're going to visit Mr. Bob's bookshelf. You're going to find out that I love books. I actually went and married a librarian, folks, so I, I got to like books. But let me show you a few things that you might want to take and look into to do some more reading about what we've been talking about here today. First off, the gentleman mentioned that um, the Nashville, Chattanooga, and St. Louis was actually owned by, or 71% owned, by the Louisville and Nashville Railroad. And even though we're, we're looking at a uh, basically a hostile takeover from the time, the story behind how the two railroads came together and then their continued history, pretty fantastic. Um, great book, for, uh, History of Louisville and Nashville Railroad um, by Murray Klein. If you have seen his other works, he did the two-volume set on the Union Pacific Railroad. 
head to your library, take a look for this one. Um, there is some neat stories in there about the Nashville, Chattanooga, and St. Louis. Now, if you want some more information about the NCSTL, let me recommend for you this book, and let me get Skycam adjusted here a little bit. Just, there we go, all right. There we go, a book by Dane Schult. This book is not only going to give you history, but there is also some very neat pictures, um, historic in nature, takes you right through it. And yes, if you look even further, um, this is gonna be that book that has that wonderful poem that we started off with today. So, Nashville, Chattanooga, and St. Louis by Dan Schult. Also on the bookshelf, um, if you're looking more for a lighter read and mainly just pictures, check out The Dixie Line by Charles B. Kastner Jr. Um, as I mentioned, this is a beautiful black and white uh, book. All photos, longer captions, takes you right through the railroad and its history. And wow, even one of the 484 is pictured here and in a number of other places. Of course, those are some older books that you're going to need to head to your library for. We've got a couple things on the bookshelf that are contemporary and that you can pick up at the Kalmbach Hobby Store. That would be KalmbachHobbyStore.com. Brian Solomon, train author that I'm sure you all know. Uh, how steam locomotives work. If you want to get inside one of these things and see how they actually work and function, here's the book you need to, uh, to get to. And if you also want to look at other steam locomotives, uh, around the U.S. Get the uh, Guide to North American Steam Locomotives, the revised edition. Some of you might remember this was actually a smaller book, and a few years ago we made it into this larger version. I know my smaller version, the pages are completely falling out of it. I've used it so much. Listen, right here, and I am, am I zoomed? No, I can, there we go. Just write yourself a note, little reminder, as soon as we're done here, KalmbachHobbyStore.com, order your stuff today, okay? KalmbachHobbyStore.com, that's where you need to go. Um, we'll show you this one real quick. If you've got questions and you want to send them to me, there's an email address you can use, all right? Email address is great, but that one's a little bit more important right there, all right? So listen, until next time, it has been a pleasure being with you here on Trains.com. I want to see you online or maybe even see you behind a copy of Trains Magazine. Thanks for joining us today. You like what you hear? Listen, check out this episode in video with a Trains.com Unlimited membership. Click the link in the episode notes and watch it today. Oh, wait a minute, not a member? Try our 30-day free trial of Trains.com, the ultimate online portal for anyone who loves trains of any size from any era. Trains.com, it's your home for the most comprehensive routing news and curated video series, articles, photos, and so much more, all about trains.